The recent play of the Chicago Bulls has cleared up a lot of questions regarding the team and the team's future. But the Bulls still have some questions left as they head towards the trade deadline of the season. We're going to talk about those questions left for the team. We're also going to ask the question with Zach Levine's return imminent, how he can fit into this team. And then lastly, we're also going to talk about has, has with the play of DeMar DeRozan, has, it, has the chances of him being traded before Zach Levine increased? We're going to talk about all that, plus preview the game against the 76ers right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. And guys, listen. Um, yes, it's game day. As you guys already know, I love it when it's game day. But the Bulls play recently. We've talked a lot about it. We've talked about the young players and Kobe, Io, Patrick Williams really stepping up over this run. We've talked about how the teams played very much together. It just it seems like this is a new team in the not only in the way that they're playing, but kind of changed the outlook of the future for the Chicago Bulls. Coming into this season, a lot of Bulls fans were questioning why have we not gone full rebuild? And then after the Zach Levine trade rumors and things came out, more Bulls fans thought, hey. It's possible with this said that this full rebuild is coming. Now, I've always been telling you guys a full rebuild is very unlikely, even with the Zach Levine trade maybe going down and things like that, that it's just unlikely that a full rebuild comes. But with the play of the play of the young players, it's kind of made that more. We've heard things like the Bulls want win now players uh, to help contribute. They're still going to be trying to win. They're going to be trying to develop you know, future picks if they can get that back, things like that. When it comes down to it, the play of this team has really changed the narrative around, hey, we need to go full rebuild too. We probably need to re, re, retool some things and find a better balance of the roster. And either way, that's where it seems like this team is going. And when you look at it right now, the Chicago Bulls, strangely enough, if you look at their pace, their net rating, they are right now playing the, the way that a 51-win team plays. When you look at it, a, a, point, uh, a positive 3.7 point differential. That is the point differential of a 51-win team, and that's the way that the Chicago Bulls have been playing since they've started this 10-5 and stretch. Now, they have to keep that up, and I, I don't think 51 wins is, is re realistically within the realm of possibility, mainly because of how the Chicago Bulls season uh, has went, but then you also have to look at defensively. The Chicago Bulls right now are 5th in defensive rating with 113.2 and 10th in defensive rebounding. When it comes down to it, the Chicago Bulls are playing just a better brand of basketball. and so. While that, you know, those things, and we're starting to get some clarity on what the future could look like. Patrick Williams looking like a player, having his best month of the season, averaging over 14 points per game, performing in the way that he has, stepping up hugely defensively. We've already talked about so much about Kobe White, really having a star-level impact for the Chicago Bulls, adjusting now to how defenses are guarding him as a player that they are now game-planning for, which is important for his development to see how things goes. But the young players are, are, are playing an important part of what the Chicago Bulls are, even looking at Dalen Terry getting consistent, meaningful minutes, and that's probably not going to stop for him anytime soon, considering Torrey Craig's going to be out until close to March, which puts him there at like almost the end of the season by the time he's, he's ready to return. So Dalen Terry, theoretically, depending on what we get back for Zach, if a Zach Levine trade goes down, um, it, when it comes down to it, Dalen Terry's probably going to be getting consistent minutes from now until the end of the season just about. And so to see how he continues to grow and develop, and, he's and you know, he's he's playing well in those uh, in those minutes. Not amazing. The shot's still questionable, things like that. 
But we still have questions around this team. And one of the biggest questions is, will Zach Levine be traded? And, you know, everything that goes by, every day that goes by and every rumor you hear that the trade market is barren for Zach Levine, things like that. I've told you guys, kind of keep that a little bit in your back pocket until we get closer to the actual trade deadline and past the January 15th date. Um, now that the OG and Anobi trade has gone down, that's gonna try. That's gonna probably start teams really looking and evaluating what type of moves they want. And some teams may come back in on Zach Levine during that. But that is one of the biggest questions around this team: is will Zach Levine be traded? And if he is traded, what do the Bulls get back for Zach Levine? And if he's not traded, well, we got another segment where we're gonna talk about if he's not traded. And then the Demar Derozan extension, right? That's still one of the biggest questions hanging over this team's head right now because while DeMar has adjusted his play on the court, doing more facilitating, we look really good when we've gone more to playing through Vooch and through DeMar at times in the half court. Still like the ball in Kobe's hands a lot more so he can make decisions whether to score or pass and grow his point guardsmanship. But overall, we're seeing those type of things evolve. And DeMar is really, even though playing up-tempo, playing off-ball isn't DeMar DeRozan's strengths, he's learning how to adapt well enough with the Chicago Bulls team right now, uh, that that you're you're, you're seeing the veteran uh, presence and impact that he's having on these young players, and there's still times in games where this Bulls team goes on scoring droughts, and we have needed Demar Derozan to be the one to step up majorly for the Chicago Bulls to kind of get a bucket when we just can't score, and so that's things also uh, to look at as well for Demar Derozan uh, and how he continues to um, as he continues to kind of flesh out his game and his play as well. When you look at it over the last 20 games, right? And keep in mind, some of those games are, are of course, before we even uh, we started this streak and before Zach Levine went down, but 23 points per game, 6.1 assists, 4.1 rebounds. He's, he's playing pretty well, shooting the ball pretty efficiently at 46% overall, and he's shooting the ball 34% from three-point range. And like I said before, if he continues that, that's actually going to be towards his career high with the rate that he's taking it as well. DeMar has adjusted his game. Has it been perfect? Has it been seamless? Is it still some times where DeMar's going to slow the offense down some? Yes, but he's really adapted well. And so having that extension still in the back of your minds with the Chicago Bulls is something still to look out for as a storyline as we head into the new year now in 2024. So while there's the, the, the end of the year, December provided a lot of clarity for a lot of what's going on with the Chicago Bulls, there still are tons of questions with the Chicago Bulls team heading into the new year that the Bulls have to try to find an answer for to see where they're going to develop to. One of those uh, one of those questions as far as when Zach Levine is coming back got a little bit more clarity yesterday. We dropped an emergency video um, on the channel with Zach Levine um, actually being cleared, or not cleared, but he's going down to the Windy City Bulls to, to clear the last hurdle in his, in his recovery. Billy Donovan has already said that Nikola Vucevic, Torrey Craig, and uh, Zach Levine will not be joining the team on this two-game away trip that they have which means that that may be a timeline to kind of look at when these guys are coming back. He talked about them staying at the Advocate Center while the team travels and, you know, considering their rehab, it's important for that. Keep in mind, the Bulls just had a six-game home stretch. Yes, they're going out on the road for two games, but they're coming back. So, you know, maybe eliminating those questions on if those players are going to come back in the middle of this or not. So, Zach Levine, at least, is, is not going to be, at least from what we've heard, that could change today, uh, that he's not going to be in Philly or in New York to play in either one of those games. That would mean that the earliest Zach Levine is probably coming back if he clears this last hurdle, maybe at home against the Charlotte Hornets on January 5th. We'll keep a lookout for that. That would be on Friday if that ends up happening. But Zach Levine is now at the last hurdle, which means that the Bulls have to prepare for Zach Levine's return. I talked a little bit about it in that emergency video yesterday and how the Bulls can incorporate him upon his return. And when it comes down to it, Zach has to be at the right uh, place to sacrifice. 
That is, this just is what it is. It's not to say the total team doesn't have to sacrifice to incorporate him back. When you bring in a player uh, taking 18 shots per game, basically, you're gonna somebody's gonna have to sacrifice shots. It's gonna have to come via the thing. But I think ultimately, right now, when you're looking at how this Bulls team is playing, that Zach has to understand that he's probably not gonna have the ball in his hands as much as what he had before. I just don't see the Bulls taking it out of Kobe White's hands. I, I, well, I hope not. Let me not say that. It's Billy Donovan. Logic doesn't matter when Billy Donovan is your head coach, even though I got to give Billy credit. He's been coaching pretty well for the Bulls here. Um, but, you know, that's what you th- what you would think, that you're not going to take the ball out of one of your rising star players' hands now. With Kobe's shooting slump, maybe you need some of that. Maybe Zach Levine could come in and alleviate some of that three-point shooting to help space the floor even more. While uh, Alice Caruso has been really good at shooting threes this season, way more consistent than what he was earlier. Zach Levine is just different, right? And so if you're running catch and shoots and things like that for Zach Levine, it could theoretically open up this offense even more. But Zach has to understand that this isn't necessarily his team anymore. Now, with his play coming in, sacrificing, executing well, maybe it's been humbling for Zach Levine to hear that that trade market isn't as maybe illustrious as him and his management would have liked to think that it was going to be after the trade request came down. But at the end of the day, what's best for Zach, what's best for the team right now is Zach coming in and playing well. Now. We don't want to see uh, the, 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 the ball dominant, the isolation ball uh, really start a, a rise up. We want to keep being a team that is moving the ball around, and Zach has the skill set to, to, to do that. And that's one of these things that we're going to be looking at, especially as 2024 starts, is how is Zach Levine reincorporated back into this team that has just been a, is now a different team than what it was when he left it? This is a different team. We're playing different. We've already talked about how the pace, the ball isn't sticking around as much anymore. Like, when you look at it, uh, while Zach Levine was here, paint touches per game, we were averaging 19.8. We're now averaging over 24 paint touches per game. Catch and shoot points per game. We were, we were getting 29 uh, points off catch and shoots um, before Zach Levine went down. Since he was, went down, we're getting 37 uh, points off catch and shoot opportunities, which is second in the NBA. Assists per game, we we're averaging 22.2. We're now averaging over the stretch 26.8, good enough for 13th in the NBA. Uh, potential assists. We're at 49.7. That's eighth in the NBA. We were at 43.9 before. Passes per game. We're moving the ball a lot more. And, and I know we've seen this, but it, it, it kind of brings it all together when you're hearing the numbers. We are averaging 311.7 passes per game. That is second in the NBA. Uh, before Zach Levine went down, 283 passes per game, 15th in the NBA. Average seconds per touch, we are only holding on to the ball for 2.8 seconds before the ball is moved around. That's fourth in the NBA. It was 2.97 seconds, almost three, 24th in the NBA before Zach Levine went down. And dribbles per touch, we're now sixth in the NBA with 2.21. We were 2.33, 16th in the NBA before. The ball is moving around. Those numbers aren't disputable. Those are facts. And so Zach has to fit into that. And theoretically, it's not to say that Zach's skill set won't. Is Zach's skill set should theoretically fit into that, especially hearing those catch-and-shoot numbers per game, right? So that's going to be an important thing with Zach Levine's return being close that you have to ask yourself. Now, one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is, is DeMar DeRozan, right? And so a lot of Bulls fans have been asking this. You guys have been asking in the comments. When I'm asked about it, I kind of say, hey, you gotta keep in mind that Zach Levine asked for this trade. But people ask, have the chances increased with DeMar DeRozan's lack of an extension with the Chicago Bulls? Has it increased that DeMar could be traded before Zach Levine is? And I will say that in fairness, yeah, I think that chain, that, that the chances of that have, have grown. I, don't, I can't say how much they've grown, but when you look at it, one of the bigger questions, like I mentioned in the first segment was experience the thrill of March Madness. 
If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. DeMar DeRozan's contract extension. The fact that it is not reached, the last thing that we heard still is that they're far apart on years and money. That means that a framework of a deal is just not there. And as we get closer to the February 8th trade deadline, you have to ask yourself, is it more important to get some type of assets back than risk losing DeMar DeRozan for nothing? Now, there could be another option. And it's not you trade DeMar or you extend him right now. It could be that the Bulls are are confident. And keep in mind, it's not like they're not talking to DeMar and his his, uh, representation all the time. Maybe they feel like, hey, we're, we're far apart now. Maybe we think he gets out on the open market. We can really convince him to come back. We think that this run that we can go on, he convince him to come back. He may not have the market that he thinks, his representation thinks. But I do think that the, the chances of DeMar DeRozan being traded before Zach Levine have risen. And I think that it's just the business aspect of it, right? Yeah, the Zach Levine trade market is, is, is tough right now. We've heard that the teams are interested in DeMar DeRozan. Now, the $20 million contract that he has, the $20 plus million contract he has, is theoretically a lot easier to move than Zach Levine's $40 million contract. And then within itself, you may you may be able to, to get things back for DeMar. Now, nobody's saying you're going to get a player as good as DeMar or what DeMar has been for the Chicago Bulls uh, 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 for the whole time, right? But you got to ask yourself, too, and the Bulls have to evaluate this. Is the veteran leadership that DeMar DeRozan presents right now for this Bulls team that is trying to get to playoffs, still trying to uh, push for that playing spot, is still trying to win basketball games, is that important right now? Is that more important than, than potentially losing him for nothing in the offseason? And that's something that AK and Eversley have to do. One of the things that I talked about in yesterday's episode was that some of the Bulls' biggest regrets, and some of that was giving up on, on, on young players early. Some of that also is that not understanding when to move off certain players one of the examples of that was Zach Levine last year at the trade deadline. Considering what they got offered by the Knicks compared to how the market is now, the Bulls sure got to be kicking themselves. You do not want to risk, theoretically, in my opinion, getting to that point again with DeMar DeRozan. Yes, if DeMar can accept a team-friendly uh, contract extension, I think that's best for all parties, right? That does not mean that DeMar DeRozan is going to be a starter throughout all that next contract, which I know some Bulls fans are like, well, De- will DeMar accept the roll off the bench? Maybe, right? That I think ultimately... Regardless of whatever DeMar DeRozan's role is, if you can lock him into a team-friendly contract, there's very few players you're going to get that's good, that can impact the game that DeMar DeRozan can out in the open market because, again, the Bulls have not really been free agent destinations. That is why they sometimes hold on to some of their own guys when Bulls fans think, hey, we need to move on from this guy because you're not necessarily going to get a better player back in free agency. But um, and you're not gonna, it's not like you're going to get a huge deal for DeMar DeRozan either, but you have to ask yourself, is the risk of losing DeMar for little to nothing, uh, well, nothing if he just walks in free agency, unless you can force a signing trade like the Spurs did with us, which the Spurs end up getting a heavily protected first-round pick. So maybe the Bulls are also looking at that. Maybe the Bulls feel like what they can do is that if if DeMar does leave in offseason, that we can try to maybe facilitate a signing trade so we can get something back for a player uh, like DeMar DeRozan and what he's still able to do 
still a very limited player, but still what he's able to do out on the basketball court. So that's something that the Bulls, I'm sure, have to be asking themselves right now is that what? how do we play this, right? So to recap, some of the choices you can make. Of course, extend DeMar DeRozan. You have until the end of the season. Well, technically, you can extend DeMar DeRozan up until uh, before free, the day before free agency opens in the offseason. So maybe play that. Uh, you can trade him if an extension is not reached by the trade deadline. You can uh, you can let it play out just the way that it's going to play out, right, and hope that you can force, even if he does sign with another team, that you can force a sign and trade, or you just accept losing DeMar DeRozan for nothing, right? So those are the really the options at the at the head of the Chicago Bulls right now when it comes to DeMar DeRozan, and they got to ask themselves the tough questions when, when it comes to that. And so I don't know uh, where it's going to go. I think if, even in what we've heard and rumblings and things like that, a lot of people look at it all different ways. All options right now are options that the Chicago Bulls could and should be exploring right now to see what they can get. I think ultimately what what the Bulls, the smartest decision would be, if you cannot reach an extension, if you get to the end of January, beginning of February, and you're still far apart on both years and money, to me, you have to see what DeMar DeRozan's trade value is going to be at that time and evaluate it. Now, you can evaluate the trade value and find out, hey, there's really no market here for DeMar. There's none. Maybe maybe we're getting back a couple of seconds and salary uh, ma- a salary filler uh, to match salary. Maybe that's what we're getting. You got to ask yourself, is that enough, right, to send DeMar to another team? At that point, you got to think any team that's interested in DeMar DeRozan as well, probably going to be a contender. So what are those second-round picks even going to be? Could you get a low first because a team is is expected to kind of go on a, on a finals run if they trade for DeMar? You know, those type of options are, are out there when it comes for DeMar DeRozan. But as, we, as Zach Levine comes back, and if that trade market still stays low for Zach Levine, it goes from pivoting from a Zach Levine trade uh, scenario being kind of the focus from the Bulls to maybe a DeMar DeRozan one being one. And, you know, that that's, that's again, that's high level. That's what we kind of can happen. Doesn't mean that it will happen, but that's what could happen for the Chicago Bulls. Now, before we go, we've got two, two last uh, topics to get into before we go. The first one I want to get into um, is that uh, Bleach Report had this uh, list of, of, of things that the Bulls should be targeting in trades. You guys know I had a couple of videos uh, a couple of videos ago. I talked about the things that the Bulls could theoretically want back in the Zach Levine trade. But to, talk, to look at this uh, thing for, from Bleach Report on players that the Bulls should target. So, number one, they have draft picks. And I think that's kind of obvious, right? If you can get back tons of draft picks, considering where the Bulls are, the youth movement, it seems like they're embracing it in full. You want draft picks to continue to add to that. But, again, you're not trading a, a, a salary the size of Zach Levine just for draft picks. Maybe DeMar DeRozan. Teams do have trade exceptions that they can absorb. I think there's only a couple of teams out there. Maybe that. But then they have two players listed on here that I actually really like for the Chicago Bulls, both coming off the bench and, and other things. So the first one they have listed on here is Tyus Jones. Now, you guys know, if you guys watched me, my videos over the offseason, Tyus Jones was somebody that I would have loved the Chicago Bulls to target. I think that Tyus Jones brings a nice uh, balance of being able to run an offense, defense, and some shot making. Not huge. Uh, impressive there, right? He's not going to score or drop 20 on you every single night uh, or anything like that, but he is a player that can bring uh, definitely some things for you. His his assist-to-turnover ratio is excellent as a point guard. He does that. He's averaging double-digit points this season, averaging 12.6, point, uh, 12.6 points per game, and that's for a Washington Wizards team that's struggling. He's doing that on 53% shooting from the field, 42% shooting from three-point range, taking three-and-a-half three-pointers per game, so it's not like he's not taking a decent value. Not huge, but Tyus Jones is a is the type of player that if the Bulls can get at the trade deadline to replace a Javon Carter, per se, I think that that could do well. I also think he can play next to Kobe White. I like that on the list. Again, not going to get into some of the details, but then also Zyar Williams. Now, this is a young 22-year-old Ford. 
He was a former 10th overall pick uh, by the New Orleans Pelicans. And this is a guy who still has tons of upside. And so with the Chicago Bulls embracing the youth movement, I understand embracing upside. He's 6'9", 185 pounds. But to me, I'm looking at that and saying, Julian Phillips, Ernalot Bittim, Henry Drell. I kind of would rather see those guys, but Zaire Williams is definitely a player that still has a lot of potential to growth. So let me know what you guys think on those targets. This is kind of wanted to throw those out there. Those are names that, one, that I've been very familiar with and pushing for a while myself. And Zion Williams is another guy that I really hadn't even considered. But the Bulls have a game tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. Uh, first of a two-game road trip, which you come back home for a game, and then we go back out on the road. And um, this is a game where Joel Embiid apparently is going to be back in this game. I know the last game we played against them, we won without Joel Embiid being in there. We did win one without or with Joel Embiid in there as well. And this is going to be a dogfight tonight, especially with Nikola Vucevic looking like he is not returning tonight for the Chicago Bulls. That means Andre Drummond is going to have to be on point. And I know uh, some of you guys have said before, like, oh, well, Embiid and Drummond, he really doesn't want Drummond to guard him. Embiid averages like 28 and 11 against uh, uh, Andre Drummond. So I don't think he's really worried about that. And I think also because Joel Embiid can, is a threat to shoot the three and take players off the dribble in the mid-range, it may pull Andre Drummond out of that paint. So I mean, we could see our ability to rebound a little bit affected by that. Now, again, we're going to have to team rebound. Uh, either way, I would love to see Andre Drummond have a really big game rebounding tonight as well. But the Bulls are going to have to do the things that they are always important for them to do. Play defense. Do not allow big runs. Shoot the ball effectively. Force turnovers where you can, but rebound the ball on both sides of the ball. That is where the Bulls make their bread and butter. It allows them to get out on more fast breaks. The way that both Kobe and Io rebound as well and can start the break helps the Bulls tremendously in those areas as well. This is going to have to be a game where Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, you cannot let both of them get in the rhythm. We can only do so much to slow down Joel Embiid. I like what we did and how we guarded Tyrese Maxey in the last game, but again, that was a game without Embiid, so we're going to have to see you cannot also allow the role players to go off on you. Batum can't have that type of game that he had on you last time. You just you can't allow that. So overall, the Chicago Bulls have to stay locked in. They have to stay engaged on both sides of the ball. That has been our bread and butter. That is something that I'm basically going to say every single one of these matchups. You have to stay locked in. You now have the player that is leading the league in scoring in Joel Embiid back on the court. Now, again, you can only do so much to contain him. You can try to contain everything else around him, which I think is fair enough. But this is a Philadelphia 76ers team that is 22-10 and 10 on the season. You cannot come in here sleeping against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bulls have to take advantage of the matchups that they can win. You have to force players like, like, uh, uh, like Tobias Harris to beat you. You have to force players like uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. to shoot uh, amazingly to really uh, try to beat you in this game. Joel is probably going to get his. But if you can stop the role players in this game, as well as force Tyrese Maxey to have an inefficient shooting night. Last game, it took him 22 shots to get 20 points. You want to see the Bulls be able to have that brand of defense as well. We have to make our mark defensively, as well as get some production off the bench. Dalen Terry's defense is going to be important here. Terry Taylor, considering how undersized he is against this team, now that Paul Reed is moving to the bench, you have Joel Embiid's true size out there. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch how the Bulls match up with the size disadvantage they're going to have. And it seems like um, Billy Donovan is not going to play Adama Sonogo. Seems like Julian Phillips isn't going to play uh, meaningful minutes either. Those are two players that I would really like to see in this game against the Philadelphia 76ers. It just doesn't seem like it's coming. But this is a team that we've beaten before with it. We had Vooch at that point in time. So it's going to be a tall test for the Bulls tonight. But let's see them compete. Let's see them bring out some heart. 
And we'll see what we can do, man. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at uh, Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.